Well, there's, I talked about the SWOT analysis earlier. And we did, when we put together our five-year strategic plan, we did a, we had a mediator come in, brilliant man, and he let us do a SWOT analysis, our strengths, the weaknesses. We've spent hours on the weaknesses, opportunities and threats. And then for a strategic plan, it's like, okay, how do you negate the weaknesses? Because right now, the things that you're already strong at, if, if, if your weaknesses were tore, tore away right now, Antonio, you'd be racy. Because the things you're good at, you're already good at those, and you love them, and you have a passion for those, you have to pursue those. But if you can take those weaknesses, and it takes strength to do that, because you don't, you like to ignore those. But if you can mitigate those weaknesses, you will take off. That was the thing that made us anti-fragile, by addressing those head-on and going after them, and then taking them off the equation. Okay, they're like a parachute on your back. Welcome to the Movement Code Podcast, where we help you decode movement, health, and lifestyle so that you can expand and grow. Hey guys, my name is Antonio Gurley, your host for the Movement Code Podcast. I am a father, husband, business owner, rehab practitioner, and coach. Information overload has paralyzed many of us, and we are overwhelmed with good intentions and don't know what or who to trust. We aim to provide you clarity and confidence by bringing you expert advice for the everyday person. Thanks for spending some time with me today and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Movement Co. Podcast. My name is Antonio again, as I had mentioned in the intro. And our episode today for episode 7 is with Dr. Bill Morgan. And today we're going to be discussing leadership. And I specifically reached out to Dr. Morgan for this particular topic just because he has been in so many different leadership roles. I knew he would have some great insight to share with us. Now, currently, as it stands, which you'll hear in just a minute once I introduce him, he is the president of Parker University, which is down in Dallas, Texas. They, uh, the, the primary degree that they have there is it's a chiropractic school uh, or program, but they also have massage as well as some other integrated therapies. And what he has been able to do as a leader at Parker is nothing short of phenomenal in the short time he's being there and when if you ever get the chance to meet him and hopefully you can just tell by listening to him he's got so much energy and enthusiasm and when he has an idea he runs with it but with that he breaks down for us some of the habits some of the traits and some of the behaviors that he has picked up along the way as being a lifelong student and I think sometimes that term gets maybe maybe thrown around a little bit too loosely, but Dr. Morgan is by far one of the people that when you hear lifelong student, he he takes that to the fullest, and he does so much, and he's always learning, and he's always studying. Now, with that being said, too, you'll also hear about his past and some of the leadership roles that he was in and not only leadership roles he was in, but also the caliber of leaders he was able to interact with. People that ran our country as far as like leadership roles. So high, high up military officials um, and even uh, the president. So uh, from time to time. So I'm really excited about this episode. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of it. We discuss um, something that I really want you guys to take note of, which will be the challenge 
for the end of this episode for the next week. And what I want to really encourage you to do, and you might already have your own audit system, which is great, but we go over what's called the SWOT analysis. And I had not come across this before, and Dr. Morgan breaks this down beautifully, and it's something that I've been implementing on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and now I'm trying to expand it out further and further for my own personal development using this SWOT analysis to become a better leader, not only in my business, not only in my community, uh, but especially with my family uh, and those close interactions and relationships that I have. So long-winded pre-roll i apologize but we're going to get into the episode guys and i really hope that you enjoyed this as much as i did and you take and you get some uh and you get some great benefit out of this so enjoy all right thanks again for joining us folks today on the movement code podcast we have dr morgan dr morgan previously served our country in the navy he is a chiropractor, an author, and currently the president of Parker University in Dallas, uh, Texas. Welcome. Thank you, Doctor. Of course, of course. Now, uh, how long have you guys been in Texas again? Four years. Four years. Here, four years ago. That's awesome. And how many? I'm just curious. How many different states have you lived in? Oh my goodness! I don't know. I um, probably ten. Missouri, yeah, I don't know, Missouri, Colorado, California, Hawaii, Maryland, yeah, maybe not too. Texas, let's see, where else have I been in the Navy? A couple other places. So, when, when did you live in Colorado? I didn't know you were in Colorado. Oh, when, back in the early 60s. Oh, nice. So, what, what part of Colorado? Little place called Denver. Oh, yeah? Uh, how long Yeah, you've heard of it. I have heard. Just a couple years. Yeah, a couple years. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. So um, I'm curious, though, now living in all those different areas, what's been one of your favorite things about Texas? Oh, it's easy to live here. Texas is easy to live here. It's easy to get around. The gas is cheap. It's <laughs> Texas, and it's Texans. Texans are awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, we sure enjoy coming down. Uh, for those who are, are clinicians, um, uh, chiropractors, Parker puts on phenomenal um, uh, I mean, uh, seminars and events. So we go down for Parker Dallas, which is in October. And recently we were able to attend Parker Vegas this last year, which was unlike anything we've ever attended. So if you are a chiropractor or a CA, be sure to check those out because we have an absolute blast and the speakers um, are always phenomenal. So we'll, we'll put a short plug in for that. <laughs> hey, thank you. Yeah, we have a lot of fun with those seminars. Oh my gosh, it's a, it's awesome! It's awesome. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna jump in today, uh, as we were briefly talking about before we started recording. Is the focus today, and some of the questions I want to ask you about and get your input on, is talking about leadership because you've had such an extensive history, not only in our profession but also doing just so many different things. Is just getting your take on a couple of different topics. So as a military man, a business owner, and a chiropractor previously for the VA hospital and now president of a college, what are some of the traits or characteristics that you have consistently seen present or come forth from you that allow you to succeed so well in those roles? It's a big question, I know. Wow. That's a... Uh, and, and so part of my background too is I, I was a consultant to the White House and to the Capitol, and and actually worked uh, taking care of people from the Pentagon too. So I've had the opportunity over many years to 
to talk to presidents sitting in the office, to speakers of the House, to the heads of the military. I've always been a, a student of leadership. And what makes a good leader, what makes a bad leader, what makes a good strategic plan, what is strategy compared to tactics? And those are things that have fascinated me. So I've, I've really tried to study those and watch what the things that make people successful the things that, that make them not successful. Um, and I think there, there are some skills you can pick up, but certainly being decisive is, is a really important skill. It's, it's better to implement a good plan today than a perfect plan a week from now, and especially when there's crises. We, we were just talking, we had a tornado hit our, our campus uh, six months ago, and it destroyed eight out of 14 buildings. We were closed. We actually, we weren't closed at all. We just shifted our students to online. And then within a week, we'd have everybody back on campus. By being decisive, we were able to we grab the generators before anybody else in Dallas did. We grabbed the portable buildings before anybody else did. We, get, we, we grabbed uh, pavilions. We decided we're going to do this in a week. We hired the, the, the disaster relief companies that, that there's only a couple of them in the country before somebody else did. So we had 300 workers working around the clock cleaning up our campus. By making that early, we didn't miss a beat. So that's one of the things I like. I, I really like about being about leadership is having somebody who's decisive, also being fair, knowing where you're going, have a, a clear compass of where you're leading your organization, and know what is true north. And what what is what is True North been? Because I know for a lot of people, and I'm speaking as a newer business owner, we've only been in practice for five years now, and we're, I mean, we, we don't we don't know it all. We're still we're still green. We're still learning. For those that haven't had experience of understanding what True True North might be, what does True North look like? And I, I kind of have something off the top of my head that I, I want to bring forth, but I'm curious what is a what is a True North compass. Uh, either look like, sound like, or feel like? Well, it's going to be different for me than it is for you. And I've been in practice myself and raised a family out of the practice and, and had you know thousands of patients that relied upon me to make decisions, make sure I was, I was there for them. I think it's, it's important that one of the goals should be for a small business person is you owe it to your patients, your clients, your family to be successful. You need to make sure that if you're successful, you never make a, a decision based upon financial needs. Always mm -hmm. what's best for your, your patients. We, we, under, we undergo something called a SWOT analysis periodically. It is basically an acronym that stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Uh, when we closed for the coronavirus outbreak, called the immediate meeting, okay, Let's do a SWOT analysis with my leadership team. What, what are our strengths? Well, we had we were financially responsible. We had, you know, we had enough uh, capitalization to move. We had no debt. Um, then we looked at weaknesses, places where we might have you know, areas we need to shore up. And then the big thing was, what was the opportunity? When the coronavirus hit, we were already well-equipped to, to, to transition to uh, online learning, to distance learning. And then... Oh, finally, the threats. You know, we identified all those things, and what happened is, through the coronavirus, our organization actually grew. Um, we were able, we were able to expand. The, the, the tornado that happened six months ago, we actually had a, a growth that took place, and we're rebuilding the campus brand new. The portions that were damaged, we're adding a twenty-one thousand 
square foot modern uh, gym that's going to be a, the envy of all in Dallas Fort, Fort Worth. It's going to be great. But by having knowing where you're going and what the goals are, you always go back to it. Well, how does it align to our strategic plan? Does that get us to that goal that we we need to have? Yeah, no, and I think that's I think that's super valuable. And one of the things, like my my wife, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, was actually um, an intern for Dr. Morgan out at Walter Reed. So she got to spend six months with Dr. Morgan, learning at 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 the hospital, which as she talks about it still every day, one of the best experiences of her life. And we we consistently have these conversations about how do we want our life to look, uh, what are the goals, and more importantly, how what's what's our true notes? What do we feel is right uh, versus wrong, and how do we implement that into our practice to best serve our patients so that we are making decisions best on ba- based on best interests and not financially. And and um, and and it's and it's challenging because you see. And, and it's, it's not even in the chiropractic profession. It's well seen in any industry, those that are doing things on a monetary basis, which we want profit, but how things can be manipulated in unfortunately wrong ways in order to make more money. It's, it's true. If, if you're honest, like we're honest, when I address prospective students, I tell them, if this is not the right profession for you, we actually don't want you coming here. If this is not the right college, we don't want you here. We want to find the right fit here. And if it's not the right place, we want you to go to that place. People see through through insincerity very quickly. I mean, you, you can tell when somebody's not being honest with you. We all can. So being authentic, being honest, and, you know, part of my goal is help you gain, reach your goal. And if that if that's here, great. But if it's not here, I'll help point you to the place it's going to be. Oh yeah, hands hands down. And it and it, and 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 honestly, too, that makes us feel so much better as a clinician to be. Well, I guess it's I guess it depends on the person. But I feel a humbled that maybe I need to expand my knowledge in certain areas, knowing that I don't know enough about a certain thing. But B, I feel that if I can provide someone else with a better service than mine, that again is ultimately in their best interest. So that makes me super happy because they're going to get what I can't give them. I know I can't serve everybody. I remember I uh, when I was in private practice before I, I worked for the military, I uh, I remember I, I was I was sort of getting these referrals from this particular patient of mine. You know, people would come in. I was referred by, would say this patient's name. And I really, I couldn't even remember who that was. <laughs> so I went back in the chart notes and dug it out. And then I remembered it was somebody who came in to my office and I told him I, I couldn't help him. And I didn't accept him as a patient. And I didn't charge him for the visit. And so he would subsequently tell these other patients, so if he can help you, he's going to tell you. If he can't, he's not, he won't. Yeah. So I had, one of my biggest referral sources was somebody I didn't even accept as a patient. Wow, that's that's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of my sayings is you you make you build your reputation on cases that you lose money on. Those ones that take that extra bit of, of effort and you know resources that you will go to the wall to make sure that they get help. Yeah, and it's funny because Nichelle and I, you know, that's that's our conversation all the time, and and we. And, and maybe to a fault is in a lot of people in, that we talk to because we run in similar circles, we, we want to be able to provide that extra step for people. And we go over with so many of our patient appointments is because you want to give that extra time. You want to have that extra conversation and provide as much value as you can. And there's people where 
I've only seen them once and I couldn't help them, but yet I'm still Googling trying to figure out what's going on because I know that they're struggling so much with these different things that they want to be able to, I want to be able to give them some sort of insight, even if it's not me helping. It's like, here's another resource or here's something else. But yeah, you're technically you're losing money on it because you're putting in more effort that you're not getting paid for. But you become a better doctor. That's patient centered education. The patient walks in and like, okay, you can't get them out of their, your mind. And you start searching and searching. Every, everything you do, you're becoming better and better and better. So the next one of those that walks in, you've got it. Yep. And if I can't help it, at least I'll recognize it earlier on. Yeah. <laughs> True. Um, now, so you had already mentioned um, uh, having to practice, having kids. Now, obviously, uh, everyone listening, hearing you've been – You've talked to presidents, you've talked to speakers of the house, top military leaders, and obviously someone of your caliber and reputation and resume would have the ability to do that. So for some of us that might feel disconnected, I'm not talking to the president, I'm not talking to top military officials, and not sure how leadership would come present in our life, you're also a father of four children. How has the position of a parent shaped you as a leadership as far as characteristics and traits we just discussed? Wow. Well, you can never be good enough for your kids. And, you know, you, you just as a, as a, as a father, you, you wish you were half the man your, your kids think you are. Um, cause you know, the, the, the reality of it all, especially when they're little and they, and they just idolize you and they get, they grow a little bit more and they actually see the, the flaws for what they are. But, um, you know, teaching integrity and, and a sense of fair play is very important. That there's certain things that just aren't fair. And, you know, you don't, and if they see, if they see you, cheating or you know something along the lines they catch that and i always i always say that more is caught than taught when it comes to your children they, they watch more than they hear and they'll see how you really do things and for us as, as you know michelle uh, worked at our at our hospital and she saw a lot of very severely wounded people coming through there well my kids you know throughout most of their career my my, my career when they were younger we would bring wounded warriors home I was in the military, you know, with the reserves, and they were li real little. And but they saw me honoring these these uh, warriors. Well, I had three of my kids join the military because I, I, if you have a good relationship with your children, they will seek to be in your gaze. So if what you put your eyes upon, be careful what that is, because they'll want to they'll want to be honored like you're honoring those other folks. So and we, Claire and I, didn't really um, push their kids to go to the military, but they sought it out for service. And I think it was partly because I had a good relationship with them and they wanted to be honored by me. And so I, I like, man, I, I kind of put a heavy, heavy burden on these guys. So just be real careful what you put your, what your focus on. I think that's, uh, I think that's such a good point. And one thing that I have, uh, what are the ages of your kids real quick? Um, 30, 29, 24 and 19. 19. So I have a four and a half year old, a two year old and a two month old. And so I'm, I am new, new to the game and drinking on the fire hose. And the, the, the thing that I have learned the most, as you were talking about how flaws, we all have flaws. It's not that flaws come out, but I think having kids or having that relationship with someone that you're not that everyone has to have kids, but having a relationship with someone who you are responsible for as far as their welfare and their well-being and everything else really highlights 
your flaws as they come out. Because what I've noticed consistently, especially with my son, who is the oldest, my, sorry, my, my oldest son, is he challenges me a lot. And when I am getting into arguments with the toddler, which is not, not a winning battle, <laughs> but when we get into these arguments or discussions, I literally, I don't see my face, but I'm, I'm getting upset with him for the exact things that I don't like about myself. And it's almost like you're, I'm not reprimanding, but you know, I'm going through this disciplining process. And then I literally am sitting there and I'm like, shit, that's me. <laughs> oh, I, well, it's, it's, it's horrible. The things that, that hurt the most that your father would say to you, I've, I've, at one point, I've, I've seen them come, or I've heard them come out of my own mouth like, oh my God. The thing I said, I would never say, I just said, um, you know, and there's certain things that, and, like, and of course you have to seek forgiveness with that and just really guard your heart. And, and, you know, they're all individual anyways. But I think it, it, it's all, they're already perfect. It's yeah. But I think that's very <laughs> useful information though. Cause a lot, uh, many of the patients obviously we have, they're in a similar stage of life of us. And that's obviously one of the things that most of us, are struggling not struggling with but trying to work through is how to be a good parent so i'm getting a little audio kickback here yep let I me know when you figured that out yeah <laughs> yeah you sound good perfect um yeah so it's but i'm hoping this will be beneficial for some of the listeners because you know we're all in this together but there are ways and opportunities for us to take what we're learning in different areas i.e if you're a business owner that can help you technically with being a father. And if you're a father, in my opinion, that's definitely helped me be a better business owner just based on decisions I'm having. And more, more importantly, based on just the conversations I'm having with patients and clients. That's true. And you asked earlier, you know, for people who don't have experience to talk to these great leaders, you know, you actually can listen to them. People, there's recordings of, of lectures from leaders. There's books to read. In fact, there's actually too many books on leadership and success. Um, and I, I read quite a bit, a lot. And I'm reading one right now called Anti-Fragile, which is very interesting. It's uh, basically, I chose that because of the two disasters that, that overtook us. And there's certain, you know, there's, there's people who are fragile or organizations that are fragile. There's others that are robust. And then he had to coin it his own hyphenated word, anti-fragile, because that word didn't ex exist in the English language. And it, it really means that when disaster comes, you actually get better. And um, we've set up our organization where from the tornado, we got better. This COVID virus, we got better. And I anticipate if there's an economic downturn, we are actually set to grow with that as well. Um, that's the book I'm reading right now, but I'm always reading books. Some are some are terrible, some are good, um, and you just pick those little tidbits out of them. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome, and and you know we we're hoping that and we've obviously been able to bounce back fairly well from this whole thing. Obviously, a lot harder for uh, for a lot of people, but you know we're trying to make ourselves anti-fragile as well and we've been doing a good job of pre preparing for things to make sure we're doing things smart um so as i was stating i'm a new parent drinking from the fire hose but i know it shaped me in different ways 
what advice would we've kind of touched on this, uh, but if there's anything we just pulled out for maybe the last five minutes of our conversation, what would be one of the main pieces of advice you would give to newer, younger parents such as myself stepping into those leadership roles? Is it is it more forgiveness? Is it slowing down? So you're for new parents who are, who are stepping in leadership roles to with others or. Um, I, w- I would say in the in the new leadership roles as parents working with working with their family as the leader of their family. Oh, give them time. Give them lots of time. Give them lots of love, and uh, give them a lot of good memories. You know, it's and the other thing is as a as a as a man, I would say the best thing I could do for my kids is to love their mother. Um, and that and that's that, but also that um, you want to make sure that they have a, a, a memorable childhood and, you know, that they, they have memories of whether it's playing board games together or going on bike rides, that they, as you get older, that they're going to have happy memories of their childhood. It's not all going to be rosy. There will be struggles in everyone's life, but I think it is important to create those memories for them. I love it. So talking with, uh, you've been in a number of positions where you've been able to chat with many leaders, obviously reading a lot of the leadership uh, books that are out there, which is, it is an extensive list. It's kind of, it's kind of impressive how many books are on leadership. Uh, but obviously one of the things that, that we hear as chatting with other leaders, it's, it's not supposed to be easy, just like anything else that's rewarding in life. While the calling or message we are trying to share motivates us, where else do you find either inspiration or motivation? Well, it's. You know, I like a challenge, and uh, I I like a Greek um, Stoic philosophy. By the way, I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. It's basically it comes from Seneca and Marcus Aurelius. But a lot of it, to put it shortly or in a brief um, statement, it's basically the obstacle is the way. If you're hitting resistance, you're probably going the right direction. Uh, recently, I took a stand um, publicly on a on a position that I could have left it alone. And I got attacked by some naysayers along the way. I mean, really nasty attacks, you know, vulgar, um, horrible attacks. It was great. It defi- it, they, they did more to define who I was than the people who were support me. It, it was crazy. It's, it's basically, there's, there's these evidence-based organizations of which three were listed, my, mine, and then everybody else. And I was, I was listed as one of those, as but the people who were the haters. And with it, we actually grew. It actually helped our, our, our situation in life. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You don't, you don't want you don't go for the easy route, you know, be authentic. Yeah. Now, have you, uh, have you read Ryan Holiday's books? I have. Yeah. So the, have uh, read, the, I've, only, I've only read those two. I know he's got a couple other ones. So for those who don't know, Ryan Holiday is an author. He wrote, um, a book called The Obstacles the Way and then another one called Ego is the Enemy. Those are the two that I have read. Uh, have you read any of his other No, he's got some others out there. I've also got some, some writings of uh, Marcus Aurelius and Seneca. There's a few, you know, and also, you know, as I read the Bible, I, I, you read, if you read uh, like Apostle Paul, I think, I think he was strongly influenced by Stoic philosophy because he, you know, as he, as he talks about how his life is in abundance or, with, or in want, he's always the same. He treats all those the same. Uh, Kipling in his poems talk about, he talks about success and failure being imposters. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it, it really, success is, is, is fleeting and we're going to go 
levels of success and failure. And it's part of the journey. All you had was success. What fun would that be? Right. <laughs> Although <laughs> well, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure most of us would like a little more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, the, me, it's like bring it on. So it's it really, it's, 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 for the most part, it is, let's bring it on. Um, there's a point, like after a tornado and a plague and economic downturn, I, I, I like to pump brakes a little bit right now and <laughs> catch get caught up. Yeah, yeah, take, taking on the whole world at this point, right? Yeah. So with that being said, uh, we obviously have the, the need or the want for a challenge, uh, taking in consideration um, Stoic philosophy or maybe some of the, the books of the leadership roles. Other than reading, what are some of the habits or daily practices that help you with having such a busy life as a leader? Um, and how do you manage so, so what are some of the habits that help you manage um, the, that busy life as a leader? Well, try to limit distractions. Like for, for me and, and my leadership team, I, I, I try not to have a lot of people report to me. Keep, keep it down to a, a, a smaller amount. Um, in the military, like the Marine Corps is based upon a four-man fire team. And in that four-man, there's a four teams in a, in a squad. Four, and there's four squads in platoon, four platoons in a company, four companies in a it goes all the way up to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs has four chiefs that he report to him. And when I see leaders who have too many things they're they're balancing. It's it's it distracts. So you can't concentrate. It's better to go deep in certain things and delegate your authority to others. Make sure that they're they're playing at the top of their game. The people who work for you and with you. I like that. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely know for myself that is the thing that, uh, obviously, as a new parent and business owners and whatnot, it feels like you're constantly juggling different plates. But when trying to eliminate as much as I can or reducing it and, and, and finding areas in which you batch certain things, if you will, uh, to eliminate distractions is super beneficial. Uh, let me check our time real quick here. Um, that's awesome. Um, so is there... Is there anything I missed that uh, that has come to mind that I maybe not did not put out in a question for you? Oh, about leadership, um, I would say that one of the things I see in small business. You know, if I was to talk to a a twenty eight year old Bill Morgan, um, I would I would ask him to have very clear goals in life, and, and that's, if you're going to have a strategic plan, basically strategy. Versus tactics. We all love being tactical. That's that's our, our our go to. To have something strategic that actually has a longer term, bigger goal that you concentrate on that, you'll get to your big goals much easier than if you just you're, you're shooting at every you know or you're throwing a rock at every dog that barks at you. That no, I have to. This is the road I'm traveling. Yeah, we had a tornado. Okay, that's good. We but we're still traveling this specific goal. This is where we're going. So when somebody comes me and they ask, hey, I'd like to fund this project at the college. I, I can hand them the strategic plan. How does it fit into the strategic plan? If they can point it to me, I, I'll, we'll fund it. If it doesn't, then it's we're chasing a rabbit hole, a rabbit down a hole. So um, stick with the plan, and or at least with the goal. But being agile enough so when opportunities come up, it's like, you know, if, wait a sec, there's an opportunity here. It's not exactly my plan, but that's a really good thing right there. You can pivot a little bit. So, and, know, and knowing what's important and what's not. I was just listening to a, um, a 
podcast the other day, and that that was that was the main thing that they're talking about is is as far as like a developmental type of pyramid, tactics is being at the top. Everyone wants to focus on tactics, and I am super guilty of this on a day to day basis. I'm like, okay, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this, and it gets just too scattered. But then boiling it down to the foundation is what's coming back to the strategy to realign the directions that are actually worthwhile, right? It's it's the 80-20 rule to some degree. Mm-hmm. We'll have it, the distractions. It, it, and it automatically, yeah, but it automatically prioritizes your day then too. Does it get me to the goal that Michelle and I have set for our family? Exactly. You know, does it, does it, you know, to, to launch in our children as healthy young adults, is this going to move us towards that? Um, so, there's some foundational things that, that are bedrock in a relationship or a business that, you know, you want to maintain integrity and, you know, and basically, you know, a durability. Um, they should be part of, they, that should be part of your, your strategic plan. How do you, how do you, how do you earn the trust of those who, who come to you? Now, uh, with that being said, I like to leave, I'm trying to leave the listeners a challenge for the next week when the next episode would drop. A challenge, whether that would be, and I'll, and I'll kind of ask the question and give you a second to think about it because I want you to be involved in this. Is is there a particular practice? Is is there a particular habit or something that we can challenge the listeners to do, either daily and over this next week, that would help them with their leadership process? Again, everyone might not be in a leadership role as far as president of a college, a business owner, or a parent quite yet, but but I think it's fairly safe to assume that most of us express leadership in some avenue in our everyday lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I am drawing, I think it's Chris Voss. He talks about negotiations. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you've heard about heard his name before, but every day is a negotiation, right? So we have to exhibit some sort of leadership, whether that's even just to ourselves on a daily basis. So there are there are things that each and every one of us, I think, can do on either a daily a daily basis over the next week or is it a strategy that's that we work on developing over the next week what 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 in your mind or what ideas do you have that we can challenge the listeners with well there's i talked about the swot analysis earlier and we when we put together our five-year strategic plan we did a we had a mediator come in brilliant man and he let us do a SWOT analysis, our strengths, the weaknesses. We've spent hours on the weaknesses, opportunities and threats. And then for a strategic plan, it's like, okay, how do you negate the weaknesses? Because right now, the things that you're already strong at, if, if, if your weaknesses were tore, tore away right now, Antonio, you'd be racy. Because you, you, the things you're good at, you're already good at those. And you love them. And you have a passion for those. You have to pursue those. But if you can take those weaknesses, and it takes strength to do that because you don't you like to ignore those. But if you can mitigate those weaknesses, you will take off. That was the thing that made us anti-fragile by addressing those head-on and going after them and then taking them off the equation. Okay, because they're like a parachute on your back. You're running with a parachute on. You snip those, those strengths, you can fly. And that's what the weaknesses are. They're the things that hold you back. So do your own SWOT analysis, you know, maybe even every day. What's the strengths today? Weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and but mitigate those weaknesses. Don't don't and don't give make the threats bigger than they are. Yeah, there's a threat out there. Some things you have no control over. 
We don't know when you know when the economy is going to recover. That's 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 a world hunger type thing. You can't you have no impact on that, but you do have the authority over your weaknesses. And I think that's been really a defining factor for a how people are transitioning through this pandemic. Right? Are they allowing it to take control of their lives? What things are in your control? Right? And and b how if you are a business owner how you can make yourself more anti-fragile for when things do come up. Because as, as you and I know, things will come up again. And hopefully, the more anti-fragile you are, you will continue to weather those storms. Well, it's, and there's the things called black swan events. Yeah. It's, it's, it came from a woman poet. Back in, they used to not, in, in Europe, they only saw white swans. So it became a euphemism that something's extremely rare. It's called a black swan. Well, Black Swan is uh, 9-11. It's the 2008 economic downturn. It's the corona well, coronavirus wasn't necessarily a, uh, a Black Swan. They've even made movies about, you know, things like this. But the reaction to it, the, the quarantining was unusual. Know that within the next 8 to 10 years, there's going to be another one. There's going to be another one of these. And the people who are set up for those actually benefit from those. So if, if your debt is low and you have money, when the stock market goes on sale, you, you buy stock. When the housing market goes on, on, on sale, you buy a house. So for wealth accumulation, the best time to, to acquire wealth as a person is when the downturn of the economy. You, you, make, you make the deal when it's on sale. That's, that's the best time to buy. I, I, I suspect there'll be a little bit of a, a slump in the housing market coming up the next five to six months. That's the time to buy in all likelihood. The stock market. When it hit 18, you know, 18, there was a point where it's like, that's when you want to go in because it's going to go back up. Yeah. Well, it's funny you had mentioned that because the um, uh, Chris Boss, who I was just talking about for the negotiations, he, his company is called the Black Swan Group. And oh, really? They, oh. Yeah. Uh, so it was just kind of an interesting, interesting correlation. But his whole, his whole conversation, he used to be, um, I think he was a hostage negotiator for the FBI. And his his big thing is just about communication, right? But it's but it's business development along those same lines of communications on how you negotiate any and any and all conversations, any situation, right? We're all negotiating right now with our bosses based on how valuable we are because of this pandemic, right? We're negotiating. I'm negotiating with patients to encourage them why they might need our services based on this pandemic, if they're afraid or not, right? So it, it's, he's, he's, uh, I, I haven't taken Ooh. any of their courses or work, but um, it's, it's been a very, it's been very influential how I at least, at least approach certain things. And I'm trying to get that to turn in my head a little bit more. Well, Dr. Morgan, uh, actually, no, actually, no, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. There's a, there's a li- okay. no, 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 go ahead and finish. There's a little lag there. I didn't hear you. Fin- please finish. So when I was in the military, we were in a, a prototype anti-terrorist uh, unit um, before SEAL Team 6 and Delta Force. Actually, those guys came and trained with us. The founders of the war, those units were established, but we were sent to the FBI Academy for their hostage rescue uh, training. And they did have the, the, the negotiators there. And they, taught, they, they, they would teach us a little bit, but the, a, good, a good negotiator can take one terrorist out because they give them so many details and they so befuddled them so that that, that person is just when, when the when the rescue comes they can't even react 
So and that's another thing is, is going back to what I said about keeping your, your, your life relatively simple. The details of life, if you focus on every, you can't focus on everything, pick your battles and, and go deep there. But um, yeah, negotiations is something that's very interesting to me. I'm, I'm, I don't call myself a good negotiator, but I understand when somebody else is, is going after me how to push them off and, and, and defer them to, uh, to get what I would want and not falling into their traps. Yeah, that I think that's vital because I know earlier on when we when I was new, uh, when we started our, our our practice, my son was born. I think maybe four to six months afterwards, and so it was you know so many new different things going on, and I was that person who was literally trying to get involved in every little thing, and it just it just wears you out, it just tires you out, and then I started to actually realize it's like I don't even care about all of this this side or all of this stuff that's taking so much of my time and the moment I I was able to eliminate and or just down regulate how much because some things you have to be involved with I I were trying to eliminate some of the weaknesses and delegate certain things but some some things are literally just not important but yet we focus so much time and attention on it and it just takes so much mental capacity away Amen. Good and that's what, said. and we were chatting very, very briefly before the show talk, uh, coach Dan John, who was, uh, who's going to be on the podcast as well. One of his big things that he talks about is shark habits. Have you heard of him talking about shark habits before? What? I couldn't hear that. What was shark, uh, shark habits? So, so he calls it shark habits. Shark habits. Yep. So a shark, one bite, it doesn't think it takes care of things. Right, so decrease yeah. the mental capacity. He's like, I have the same five black shirts. So when I go get dressed, I know what shirt I'm wearing. I don't have to think, right? And that was just one one primitive <laughs> example. There's, but it's like like Steve Jobs who always wearing the same clothes. So yeah. they're they're I, saving that, they're saving the mental capacity for what's actually important. That that is there's so much that's a, that's that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, that that's brilliant. Well, Dr. Morgan, is there anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap up? No, just thank you for the opportunity to, to speak to your audience. And uh, nice to get to see you again. Hope to see you again at, at our seminars. Oh, I thank I, I cannot thank you enough. Um, you've been such an inspiration to uh, Nichelle and I and very influential on not only us as persons, but as uh, us as individuals, but also as parents. And uh, we're really looking forward to coming back in October and definitely to hitting up Vegas next year again. Awesome. Well, have a blessed day. You too. Say hi to the family. All right, guys. That was Episode 7 of the Movement Code Podcast. I had such... uh, I had such a great time catching up with Dr. Morgan. Again, we we hadn't been that long since we had seen him out in Parker, Vegas in uh, February. But oftentimes with those events, because he is the the head honcho out there, you don't get to spend a lot of time uh, just communicating and talking with him. So it was actually really awesome just from my end being able to catch up with him. But we're going to recap um, our your challenge the challenge is, is to try to Im- implement, and it doesn't have to be the SWOT analysis. This is just the analysis that Dr. Morgan uses. Um, but try to use, you're, you're trying to implement some sort of audit system so that you can be a little bit more accountable on 
on on the daily basis, on the weekly basis, on the monthly basis, and, and, and perhaps even out of the year. I I thoroughly enjoy the SWOT analysis. So to to recap, SWOT strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And uh, as he describes, you're trying to reduce those weaknesses, those things that are holding you back. And he describes it as a parachute um, as you're trying to run, something that's just hindering your progress. And um, that's that's a really that's a really great analysis and an example, or sorry, analogy and an example for us to try to try to put forth into our lives. And and again, we want to encourage you. It's like this is not just done from a productivity standpoint. While we're talking about a lifestyle through leadership and trying to grow ourselves as individuals, this is this this can be. This can be how we just even interact into a community, right? We all know we have better strengths and weaknesses, and if we can apply to those strengths, as Strength Finders talks about, uh, as Gary V talks about, as doubling down on what you're good at, is is know your strengths and use that to your advantage. While there are opportunities, while there are opportunities to build our weaknesses to make us potentially a little bit more well-rounded, that might be. That might be an opportunity in which you can you can hire out or you can collaborate, you can team up with someone else, right? So, for instance, when we're talking about health and fitness, most of us know that we probably don't have the necessary knowledge or understanding about how to adequately program, or maybe it's talking about nutrition. So, you reach out to personal trainers, you reach out to nutritionists, you reach out to coaches. Those are weaknesses that many of us have. And so, we find people that can help us along that journey. So, uh, so again, the SWOT analysis just in in the few weeks that I have been implementing it since we first recorded this, I am really enjoying how it's been playing out in my day-to-day. And I think, I think, I know many of you, if you don't have an audit system to some capacity in place, that this will this will greatly help. Again, if you have something working for you, awesome. Many people have that habit built in already. I was using some other stuff prior that just wasn't as consistent for me because it just didn't make, just didn't make as much sense. Um, but this fits well with me. So again, episode seven with Dr. Bill Morgan. You know, I really, uh, I really hope that you guys take some of this stuff to heart. And just a couple, just one last thing, I just want to ask you guys: if you haven't already, please subscribe so that you can get these new episodes just dropping in on you. If you if you've enjoyed them, I, I've had a handful of people already reach out to me in just a few episodes that we've had. Just, just, just giving just giving really kind words about how they how they enjoy the content. So if you if you want to reach out personally, that's great. If if you have the opportunity to spend a couple more minutes and and provide us a review on whatever platform you're using, that would be fantastic. And then more than anything, the thing that really just warms our hearts and and means so much to us is that if you share it with someone else. Right? That means that that means to us that it meant so much to you that you believe it could benefit someone else and that's how wildfires start right and, and not that we're trying to create not that we're trying to create a wildfire here but again it's not just about movement it's a movement and we want we want this to be we want this to be information that is is relatable to everybody and and can have a meaning in your life so um once again episode seven enjoy your weekend if you're listening to this on friday when it drops if you're listening on to a random day, enjoy your day, guys, and we'll see you next time very soon.